No, you shut up. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> scared me for a second. <laughs> no, you shut up. That's funny. No, you shut up. Oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, hey there. That's funny. Do you want to do that? You're listening to the Homeboys Podcast. Recorded in our Indiana office and with combined 40 years of experience. Here's your hosts, Clint and Scott. No, you shut up. Oh, hey. (laughs) So how did two knuckleheads like us get into real estate? That's our show today. We're the homeboys. We're stoked to to have you here. My name is Clint Weatherall. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Adams. How are you? Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better? Yeah, great intro. Well, thank you. Uh, maybe you're just asking yourself, how do you break into real estate? Maybe you're also just wanting a different perspective on how two knuckleheads like us got into real estate. But we are, we're kind of going rogue and uh, off, off script off today. Off script today. And just, uh, we're just going to have a discussion on how we got into it. So sure. I'm pretty excited to do it. I'm really excited to talk about you and your real estate career because you actually got into real estate whenever you were in college, which has always blown my mind because I was not concentrated on real estate whenever I was in college, nor was I really concentrated on academics, um, you know, all that much. It was, uh, it was more keg parties and, uh, very focused on beer, very focused on beer. Yeah, but, but uh, you you, but give, you broke in at a, at a at a wild time, and I think it's your your story is a lot more exciting and uh, interesting than mine. So why uh, don't you just reach out to our listeners, tell them how did Scott Adams break into real estate? Well, you gave me too much credit about college because I was focused mostly on beer. Um, I also happened to be around a lot of interesting folks who who had families that came from real estate. So you know, it kind of lit a little, little fire of interest. And, and, uh, because I was not very focused on school, like I should have been, I had lots of free time to go around to the, the uh, we both went to Indiana university. So I had time to go to the courthouse and just ask stupid questions as a stupid kid. And I learned a lot. So I used my student loan money. Because obviously there was nothing online at that point. Oh, no. that everything was going through books at the courthouse. No. And, uh, you know, you, you weren't, when you started, uh, you, I doubt the internet was even really fully there at that time. I no, think my I, year, I was two, I'm two years younger than you. I think that my year was like the first true year that uh, internet and email hit Indiana so scary. world, man. Yeah, I remember I didn't know what a search engine was until my sophomore year. So my whole freshman year, if I wanted to go look on something online, I had to figure out what the www dot whatever address was because I didn't know how to find it otherwise. And it was dial up, of course. Correct. And mm-hmm. Google didn't exist. I think Yahoo may have, but I don't know. I just knew you had to know the website name. Correct. That's how you went to a place. But um, yeah, so other than, you know, people doing infomercials on this at night, the only way to learn this stuff was to do it or know someone who did. And so I just kind of dove in. I used my student loan money on some tax liens, some real dumb stupid you stuff. You kind of skate over that. Yeah. You used your student loan money, you know, to, 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 to get in. That's probably yeah. <laughs> not the most conventional way people get into real estate. No. So a tax lien, um, you have, the person has 13 months to pay their taxes, which means you get paid back plus interest. Um, so for someone who needed to pay their tuition bill in a month and a half or however that long that gap was between you got, between when you got your money and that, I needed that money back. Mm-hmm. So buying something that can take 13 and a half months if things go right is really dumb. 
but I got lucky and I happened to buy tax liens on people who paid their taxes like right after that. And so I made, I know it was under $500, but to me it was the world. Oh my gosh. We were going through couch cushions for change right. for a five cent beer night at, uh, right. at the Bluebird. In Literally Bloomington. bringing nickels, rolls of nickels right. to go out drinking. That's right. so, <laughs> oh so it was gosh. everything to me. And uh, that kind of lit a fire. I, I had some family who knew uh, some lenders. Uh, my, my mom actually was, was uh, married for a very short period to a, a banker in Indianapolis who loaned to a couple of guys who do what we do, who mm-hmm. you and I both still know to this day, these guys. Yep. One of them is literally like we look up to him probably more than anyone else in the industry. And when, when he's slowed down, he's, he did very well. He's able to slow down and not work much. We actually had his team come work for us because that's how much respect we had for that guy. Sure. And uh, he's something special. Uh, a guy named Gary Apter, actually, just so we could say his name out. Um, Which is a whole nother topic. Yeah. You know, surrounding yourself with people that know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, True you know. pro, great man, worked with integrity. He was a great example of success for us to look at mm-hmm. out there in the world. Um, and then a couple of clowns who I'm not going to say their names who did it all the wrong way. But I got to I got in with all these guys. Sure. And um, I got to see how to do it the wrong way and the right way. And so I came up with this plan my senior year that, keep in mind, money was free back then. And when I say free, I mean, you literally could get a mortgage. You could get 100 mortgages if you had a heartbeat. Correct. For uh, a 100% investment property correct. financing, nothing down. Right. So I had this a business model idea, and it's genius on paper. It's buy 100 houses. And how you buy those is you go out and you buy the worst houses you can find from 5 to 15 grand each. You buy them. You use a line of credit because the bank will just give you a line of credit. I had a million dollar line of credit the day I graduated college. It's nuts. It's crazy. And so I would use that money. I'd buy a house for, say, 10 grand. I'd put 10 grand in it to get it good enough to put a tenant in it. And then I would cash that baby out. I would refinance it using just a traditional mortgage. I'd put 20 grand in my pocket. And then that tenant would be paying me rent, which means they'd be paying down my mortgage on that and putting money in my pocket every month. So I thought if I get 20 grand every house, I do that a hundred times and I'm making $400 a month in profit on every one of those. I mean, I'll never have to work a day in my life. I figure I'll work two years and then I'll just probably go sit on the beach. So that was my plan. For sure. Yeah. I'm just trying to picture because I know how my college life was. And it's funny. We were at, we were in Bloomington at this exact same time. Did Mm -hmm. not know one another. Sure. We, brush shoulders right. many times not knowing it but even you know having twenty thousand dollars like in my pocket was i mean there's something that was completely just so off the radar for me that i couldn't imagine you know, ever having that much that much money you and i come from humble you know backgrounds and you know our parents if they had it, would have never given us more than ten dollars. Correct. I mean, we weren't given anything. Right. And so to go from negative fifty thousand at college to, you know, twenty thousand literally a week that right. I was putting in my pocket was crazy. And you know, as you know, I it it made me go crazy. I mean, I was in Vegas every other weekend. I was living like a Hollywood superstar. You know, even though it was all borrowed money right. on an idea that on paper looked good, but in reality was going to fail, no matter who you are and how smart you are, that plan doesn't work. 
it doesn't matter who you are. You can't, that plan doesn't work. So, so those were some years, huh? I just, I, I wish I could have been there for it. Yeah. I, uh, my first job out of college, I got, I got a, I got a $10,000 sign on bonus Yeah. before I went, but I had like 60 days in Bloomington after graduation before we went before I went to my job. So like that $10,000 and all my friends would tell you about it. That was, that was a fun month mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we blew it. And you know what, that's exactly what you were doing with your friends, right? You know, Vegas, you know, these right. different things. So how did it translate? <laughs> Cause I, it's funny to talk about because obviously we're in our mid forties now. It's past. And, we survived. And it. we, <laughs> we were children mm-hmm. and, even trying to live that lifestyle sounds absolutely absurd to me at this point right. in my life. It's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse years for me and my kids. Yes, it is. But how did it, so after college, then where did it go after that? Was there an abrupt change? Because I know that you then went, you, you, you started holding properties for, for longer, right. renovations. What, what, what happened then? Yeah, so, you know, I worked on that plan forever and watched it snowball. I knew it was a problem pretty pretty early that it wasn't going to work. You know, tenants in those kinds of houses, they don't pay their rent. You know, they move out all the time, trash the house. You know, you're constantly tenant turning. You literally have to, you, you make negative money on every house. You genuinely make negative money over time on that house. Not only do you, it doesn't cover your mortgage, but you're having to put your own money back into those just to keep them. You know, right. afloat as you know so that 20 grand that was in my pocket from all those early years that i was out wasting it in vegas thinking i'd you know never run out of money i needed that back bad and so you know for years it, for a few years after that it was gen- genuinely just stress it was being in my 20s having lived this life where everyone around me thought i was really successful and then I was just pure stress. I was trying to keep everything afloat. And, you know, you're 24 years old and you've got, you know, $3 million, you know, due in the next six months on all these places. And you, you know, you're just, it's too much for a kid, you know? And so I, I just looked for an exit and I barely got out, but I got out. And then you and I started talking soon after I had gotten out of those and was looking for the next thing and, and what to do. There's a lot of little things in between that I did. I'm, you know, Clint and I are both really tied into this industry. We know everyone in it. You know, we care about each other. It's it's a unique environment where we all know each other. We all care about each other. So, I, you know, I worked with uh, Nancy Alley for a long time, who was one of the original gangsters of... Of, of the HUD listing yeah. circuit. Mm-hmm. So um, I spent a few years working with her. She's an amazing lady who taught me so much on real estate investment side. Like I said, she was one of the first ladies who ever... Uh, listed foreclosures in the state of Indiana and, and she took it to another level. She was a, she's a neat, For sure. neat lady. And, um, and then I spent some time at sheriff sales doing all kinds of other things, as you know, and making a good living. Um, I'd exited those. And then you and I really started talking about, you know, our, our different passions and we knew each other, but before we get into that phase, we want to hear about yours. We probably should have uh, started with mine because mine's a lot less interesting than I that. I don't know. Um, yours but, is, um, here's the thing with yours, and I want people to really pay attention to yours because it's feasible. It's doable for just about anyone the way you did it. It was it was very um, an unattractive approach to real estate because it was, it was on a small scale. Uh, I graduated college. I went to work in corporate America. I had a I had a business to business sales job that I loved. Loved the people I work with. Still talk to a lot of them to this day. 
um, always interested in real estate and I just started look combing, um, you know, properties with an agent and I, I just one night you decided mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. There was a lot of foreclosures and there was a lot of buzz about foreclosures right. because what had happened is between like 98 and 2005 call it, there were neighborhoods that shot up overnight. So I brought up an example. So say, you know, this house here was just a couple of years old um, at that time. And I didn't have any know-how as far as fixing up homes. So that's the actual house. That's the actual house. That's what it looked like when I bought it. You know, it's got the the boarded window, um, but everything inside was actually in pretty good shape. The house was only like 18 months old whenever I bought it. That that kind of helped me in several different ways. One, I had no I had no Rolodex of contractors at the time, and two, I was relatively handy, handy enough to be dangerous. So a house that's just 18 months old was easy for me to, to, to fix up on my own. So bought a house nights and weekends, um, put on my paint clothes, go in, paint, uh, every square inch of it, some light fixtures, some other things that would a house, it would require to spruce up. And then I put a for sale sign in the yard. Could you do flooring? No, I contracted out all the flooring. Okay. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. That was about the time laminate flooring was becoming popular. And yeah, you could have done that. It was pretty common on the first floor, at least half of the first floor, to do laminate flooring back mm-hmm. then. I did a lot of that. But but anyhow, generally contracted out the flooring. That would take me about a month, month and a half to get ready doing it myself. Which and you were working a full-time job Working still. a full-time job. Okay. Um so so yeah, it I didn't do very well on the on the on the first couple, um, but I did well enough to know that there was a future in it. So I kept doing it. My next few houses, the the, the margins got a lot better. Then I decided I was going to quit my day job. So I quit my day job. I got rid of my company car. Um, I drove a two door Ford Escort around for uh, for a few years. Uh, just because I was so scared that I wasn't going to be able to pay my bills. So Vegas trips were, it was the complete opposite of that. I was scared to death. But this model, there was a lot of houses like this that were just a few years old. And I was, I was telling anybody, you know, a a bad deal. I was making 10, 10,000 and a great deal. I was making 30. This was something you could do in your spare time while still making good income. It was a hard life, and I was yeah. in my early twenties, so like I would work all day, and and then I'd go home and eat, and then I was working till midnight. Yeah. Um, it was it was a hard life, um, but when you're when you're twenty four years old, like you know who cares? You know I, I'd put on some rock music and put my painting jeans on, and you know crank it out through the night. But but anyhow. Um, after I quit my day job, I kind of I kind of ramped it up, and I was doing several at a time. And like I said, I would tell people, bad deal, 10K, great deal, 30. And people started listening to me say these things. And then it started creating a buzz with the people that I talked to. So in between there, I fired my real estate agent, got my license myself, and then I had people that wanted me to help them do the same thing. So... Fast forward about 12 months, I've got probably 10 clients that I'm helping to turn houses. So I'm finding so you're them. you're a flipper. I'm you're, a flipper. That's all yeah, it was. Just like so on I'm TV. finding a house. Well, 
Right. It's not quite like TV. Our margins are a little different in Indiana. Right. And the houses I were doing was doing was not very exciting. I used the same paint in every room of the house, yeah. on every house, the exact same paint, um, the same light fixtures, the same flooring. Everything was just it was just a production. But anyhow, I became a one man realtor general contractor combo where I had crews at that point that were doing the paint. I was showing up, making sure, you know, supervising these different jobs. And it was just, it was the greatest job in the history of the world. It, uh, it was very, uh, there wasn't a, a ton of stress and the, the satisfaction was incredible. And we were selling our houses right away. Fast forward to 2000, say six ish, the economy started slowing down. And then we know what happened started in 2007 and especially eight, nine and 10. Right. So at that point, none of our houses were selling like zero. Like there are for sale signs are literally just collecting dust. And by our, you're talking the ones you're doing, whatever's in your pipeline that you're doing, plus all these other people you're helping flip houses. Correct. And they're all under, they're all looking to you for answers for these because you're the man handling all this. And at the same time, you know, mind you, I'm, I'm offering on houses like crazy. So not only is it the for, the ones that have the for sale signs, it's the ones that are getting ready to have for sale signs. So we had to evolve or die, which I think is very important in real estate. People get tunnel vision and say, this is what I'm going to do, and this is all I'm going to do. And the the economic shifts will bury a person. And had we just left our for sale signs in the yard, none of us would be in real estate to this day. We switched them out to for rent signs. Smart. And I became a property manager, you know, overnight. At that same time, whenever houses stopped selling, I had a friend in real estate that was considerably older than me. We formed a partnership, and his accounting background was probably the, one of the biggest assets that I've ever had in business. His name is Harvey Polokoff. We were business partners for a long time. We're still great friends today. Sure. Um, it got to the point with 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 our business, I was really ready to grow, and Harvey was in more the honeymoon, you know, the not the honeymoon phase, but the twilight phase of his career. Sure, he's in his sixties. Uh, he's correct. ready to wind down. You're he's, ready to fire up. And um, so, anyhow, that's about the time that you know you and I. Had, uh, had started. But, you know, I, I look back on the past and, you know, take his accounting background that we, I've taken it into our business. And you know, he's since not in business anymore, but some of the employees that he had now, that him and I had together now work for us. Right. But the journey into real estate, my biggest, the thing that I think helped me the most was I kept income coming in until I knew that I could do it on my own. And even then, I still didn't know truly how the market was because I was so young and naive and I never saw the Great Recession coming. I think I'm a little bit more prepared for a down cycle um, now, but it's uh, it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for. Because real estate, I mean, although it's offered us many, um, many positive things in our lives, it can be very stressful, you know, as well. And like you said, you... You were pretty stressed out there. Very stressed. And so basically to summarize what our what our viewers are probably thinking is, okay, Clint did it the reasonable and responsible way. And this guy over here is an idiot. 
and made it though. <laughs> so what's you, interesting <laughs> about that is I consider you the smartest real estate guy in all of Indianapolis. So I think that if you, know, you say that about yeah. what you did in the beginning, but you obviously learned. I'm proud I made it out. Very quick. Very few people could have made it out of that. But it is and, a, and, a pretty intense story. And I'm yeah. laughing because I've, <laughs> the, he's given you the G-rated version of a lot of these stories. Um, it's, it's a very, yeah. you know, you could probably have a movie. Um, maybe not quite. I was Wolf just thinking Wall about, Street, you yeah, know, at age 23, <laughs> I was passed out at a table in Vegas and I woke up and there's a crown Royal bag, you know, those purple bags. Mm -hmm. And the dealer says, that's yours. And I was like, ah. and I thought maybe that was someone's I was with. Cause I was with a bunch of these other investors like me, right. idiots and, uh, and bigger idiots even than me. And I picked it up and I dumped it out and there was over, I've told you this story a hundred times and you've talked to him about it. There was over a million dollars in that crown Royal F chips in that crown Royal bag, just sitting there. I woke up to it and the dealer's like, those are, those are your coins. And I, I don't remember anything. I mean, it was so stupid. <laughs> it was not Wolf of wall street stuff. It was mostly feeling like crap half the time and trying to look cool, you know, looking back, right? you know, but I am, I'm, you know, it's funny. I'm glad that I went through all of that because I had a wild streak that I needed to sow, obviously. And I got it out of my system. I learned a lot. You know, I learned the same, some of the same lessons you learned, which is you have to evolve. Now, don't be, you know, you don't want to spread your focus in 35 different ways. I think you and I are both focused on coming up with a plan and executing it and sticking to that plan. But we also don't just stick to the plan if the environment changes. We adapt that plan and we keep moving. Well, and if you look at the different facets of our business, and mind you, the Lord has been very good to us and, you know, um, very grateful for everything. We have done it very slowly, you know, over time. I always tell people to stay focused but then at the same time, you look at our business, we do property management, we do turnkey, we do real estate brokerage, we do commercial development, we do all of those things. Had we tried to do all of those things, even on day 1000 in, in, uh, in to real estate, we would have failed miserably. It's been a very slow process. And, it's structured you know, it's, too. We'll build a system for one of those things. We'll get the right people in place. That takes years. And then we kind of hand it off because we've hired the right people. And then we move on to that next thing to build if it fits within our portfolio. And I think that that's one thing that we both have done well and complemented each other by working together with, which is putting systems together. You are a systems guy like no one I've ever seen. I mean, that's, that's part of why you're so successful in the property management side. It's, but it, it, it started with property one and now, you know, we've, we've grown 800 times over, you know, with, with property management, that system was tweaked along the way. And it's just recognizing when there were flaws in the system. And now we've got it to where the system is just basically repeated over and over and over again. But, um, you know, with the different phases of our business, I think it's important that even through different, different economic cycles, there's different phases of our business that we simply, we will either ramp up at any given time and other phases where we stall or do nothing like, like say for development, for example, the, the pandemic has brought everything like crazy. The building prices are crazy expensive. So there's just not a lot of money 
you know, in it right now. We just came out of a few big commercial developments that we did, but yeah, at the I don't time, have any interest right now in building anything. No. At the time, it felt like uh, the worst timing on the planet when, uh, so we had just launched our the largest project we've ever done, and it's in his hometown. It's a 30,000-square-foot mixed-use building, and, and then COVID hit. And you want to talk about scary. I mean, you're in the literally the biggest project um, of our careers with so much money in it that's it's large enough to hurt us for a very long time. We would have survived it had it gone sideways, but it would have hurt in ways that would have affected us for a decade. And that was scary. And then we realized as it got rented fully and it's just a great asset and then building prices went up um, to build that same building today that we built one year ago, it would almost double. It would. And so suddenly you've got this great asset that no one else could build and it's, you know, got great value. So, um, so we've had a little bit of luck on our side too with this stuff, but it's also just not forcing things. It's looking at the market and seeing what it is. So, you know, I know that we get a lot of people ask us questions about us and where we came from and, and, you know, how we got to where we are. And so we wanted to share that, you know, with, with everyone out there. Um, and we hope that you can get something out of this, which is don't be stupid like I was. And well, I think the thing that's interesting about it is that we are truly just two dudes. Yeah. That That's why I think it's important to tell people how we got into real estate, that we didn't have fathers that um, that were in real estate that right. we that we watched as we were growing up, or you know, we we just kind of we kind of dove in and you know, figured it out together. And I also think it's important to bring everybody back down to earth a little bit that real estate is a is a long term profession. It's a great you know, point. Getting rich quick did not happen. Um, you know, for for me um, especially, I know. <laughs> You had yeah. you had some some leverage going on in yeah. uh, in Vegas and uh, and and, and yeah, some I was borrowed rich. money. Yeah, borrowed but, money. Uh, but um, but you know it, it was a very slow you know process you know for for me and really you know for for us both of us after you you know changed your business plan and right. Um, so I always recommend to everybody don't jump in thinking that this is something that that uh, is going to. Just it's happen true. overnight. And what we focus on now are a lot of houses like what you started with is the funny thing for our clients. Um, you know, this is what we help people do is have one good rental home, one at a time, and then the next one, good quality ones that, you know, the lessons we learned, we help apply for them. And, you know, there's a reason that we punch out the properties that we punch out for our clients. And there's a reason we're now focused on our clients. You know, we we uh, can look back at our, our careers and with some a little bit of pride that we've made it to where we are. And it's really fun to now help other people hit their goals. Because what I find interesting is both of us were very selfish in our, in our careers. It was all about us. I wasn't looking to help clients become wealthy in real estate. I was looking to become wealthy in you were doing it too for your own. You're good at it, so you'd help some people. You know, but I was it. getting paid. You know, uh, getting paid you know, well. Uh, you know, along the way, and it was. But you know, we, but now at this phase in our our careers, we've kind of sunsetted that, and it's it's almost more rewarding watching these other people succeed now. Oh, and I, I can't tell you how much of my day is just literally game planning on the phone with our with our customers. Right. Um, you know, and there's it, we're we're not attorneys. We don't we're not starting the clock. 
and, you know, charging by the hour. Right. Uh, a lot of times it's just really talking through the investments that they have um, and helping them pick the right investments to, right. to, to purchase. It's hearing their goals and trying to help apply our lessons to help them succeed. And it's a, uh, it's a real interesting part of the career. It's, it's definitely the most rewarding too, which I never would have, would have thought. Um, you know, you've, you've got some stability in, in our own portfolios, which is great and allows us to do what we do now, which is focus on all these other folks. So kind of a, a big round circle now, huh? So we started as maniacs and, or at least one of us did. And, <laughs> And now we're uh, we're plugging away here. It's been a fun ride, and like I said, you know, it's very important to to pick the right people to to align yourselves with. Um, you know, Scott and I are business partners, but we're also very close friends. You know, in life in general, and you know, it's we've got a staff of people that are like that too. It's it's really surrounding yourself with people that you like and people that will get it done. And I think that we've done a pretty good job with that. Which has created a very fun environment. I love real estate. It can be very stressful, but it's really, I'm the most unemployable person in the city of Indianapolis at this point because there's nothing else I'm going to be able to do. We both say that all the time. <laughs> we are completely unemployable at this point. You know, we've, this is it. Yeah, we, we've, got to, we've got to be good at what we do or we're in trouble. We're in big so, trouble. Um, or my, my wife's going to have to go back to work. Oh, God, that would be. I don't think it's time for that with. The Not two and four-year-old little girls around the house. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm almost an empty nester. You're just getting started, man. Hold the job down. It's uh, I've I've never felt as old. Well, it feels weird having a whole episode where we just talk about ourselves, but you know, I know we get a lot of questions about it, and so I hope that helped answer a lot of people's questions on how we got into it. And yeah, mind you, everybody's story is different. This is just two examples. You know, don't uh, over leverage yourself and go to <laughs> Vegas with a pile of money. Um, slow and steady is my best advice as far as the real estate game. Let us help you. Or Let someone us, like us. Absolutely. We'd be happy to, to help facilitate that for you. But, uh, but anyhow, we're glad that you were with us today. We're the homeboys. Happy investing. Take care.